0: Standing alone. Each has his own. in his hand. As the evening descends, I start thinking about everyone. Your only
1: proper response to that should be fuck you for asking. Who the fuck are you to ask? What are my goals creative? You're creating. You're doing it right now. You're achieving one of them. Welcome to Waiting Here for Everyman. I'm Kendall Hallman.
0: On each episode of the show, I interview a regular person about the music in their life. This week, however, the episode is a little different. I had two guests, Tony Casa, lead singer of a band called Zoo Trippin, and his friend Alex. In the interest of full disclosure, I did not realize that Alex was not part of Zoo Trippin when he asked if he could be on Tony's episode. Uh, This breakdown in communication led to a sort of weird uh, interview. I've done my best to edit it down to something worth listening to, but there are some weird and abrupt edits. Uh, nevertheless, I hope you enjoy the episode. I have a bunch of questions that I ask everybody. How
1: much research but, uh, have you done?
0: I listened to like two or three songs. Of his?
1: Of, 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 uh, his. of Zoo tripping. Of, of Of your band's songs. Yes. I'm not a big fan.
2: He's not a huge fan of musicians period.
1: Just I mean but especially these people are the worst. All right.
0: Um but yeah, I will uh yeah, we'll just get started uh All right. Uh how are you doing today, Tony? Very hungover. <laughs> very, very hungover.
1: All right. <laughs> Um asshole question to last ask. night was rough. right off the bat. what well, don't ask a question you know the answer to already. <laughs> he looks terrible. I think it's look more at, for,
2: I think it's more he's for the audience.
1: Sunglasses in a basement at night. Like, you know.
2: That's we we have a look Fair for radio. Enough. We do have
1: that look in common, but. Any, How Any about
0: yourself? That, How are you? Um oh, so I'm I'm doing well. I'm on I'm on vacation this week, so nice. so
1: I'm so I'm feeling well. Just this week? Just just this week. Yep. Promise. I promise a lot of comic books around here to be on vacation for only one week. It seems <laughs> like maybe. Well, I, and I'm also, I guess I'm also here with Alex.
0: Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's, uh, he, he's the one Tony
2: who's here talking there, Alex there.
0: <laughs> All right. Um, Well, uh, so just, just to sort of, to get a feel for things, I I got a few questions that I I like to ask uh, most people
1: on
0: a, on a scale of one to 10 with one being a a casual hobbyist and 10 being a, an uncompromising professional musician, where would you put yourself? Uh,
2: 10. I am a full-time musician.
0: You are a full-time musician.
2: Okay. No, no, uh, a real job as they say. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Cool. Cool.
0: Um, and uh, and in a, in a perfect world, uh, where would you fall on that scale? Are you are you happy that you're at a
2: ten? Uh, I mean, as happy as as you can be, but uh, there's still. I mean, life sucks and all that jazz. But I, I do feel very fortunate to uh, be able to do what I want to do, and right. You know, this is something that I can actually you know make a little scratch and pay the bills and actually. I don't know, I guess be my own boss.
0: Cool, cool. Yeah. Um, What, w- what would you say that your uh, your your big picture goals are creatively?
2: Uh, I definitely, I mean, I'm trying to take over the world personally. Like, I'm not really, uh, it's very difficult for me to be content. So uh, I guess the goal is to tour more regionally until we get to the point where we're touring the country, then tour the world, and then I just want to keep playing shows. Like, I'm, I know Lynn and some of the other guys have, like, more realistic goals for the future. Cause you know, you can't have everybody be like Mick Jagger and be 70 mm-hmm. playing shows, but that's what I like to do is the theatric show part. Lynn, people like him, he's more into like sitting back in a producer seat later on in his career, but okay. I'd be completely content with traveling for the rest of my days.
0: Now, um, the, one, one of the reasons that, that you, you came on the, on the podcast is you, is you wanted to, uh, talk about a situation with a with a promoter specifically um, I don't really know right. any of the details so why
2: don't you why don't you fill me in well this works out because you were wanting to hear this so uh, a lady named uh, meek Perry who I met a number of years back when I was booking at scarlet and gray with Andy Shaw she presented a show to me and I wasn't uh, super keen on the show and passed on it and then I hadn't heard from her for quite some time after that, but what she would do is continuously tag me in these Facebook posts. Yeah, have you ever been like mass tagged in something? Yeah, yeah. Like something that just clearly has nothing to do with whatever it is that you got going on. You know right, what I mean? Right. Like it would be like, hey, you know, are are you a big fisher? Do you fish a lot?
0: I I do not fish, but
2: so it'd be like somebody hitting you up and being like, hey, you know, fishing trip or something. There's fishing gear sale. Uh huh. And granted, she deals with music, so it is obviously more my wheelhouse, but, uh, I guess my problem with mass tagging is that there's just a real, um, I don't know. It's like, you can just tell that they're not being authentic with their promotions. Right. And, um, but that's on them, you know, Mm -hmm. and I did take it a bit too far because when I see things like this, when people are blowing up my wall, which I do kind of take seriously because. Facebook is half my tool for work, you know? Right, right. And I'm very strategic about what I post on there. And, uh, you know, so when people blow up my wall like that, I like to kind of make a joke out of it, which is essentially trolling, which Mm -hmm. I shouldn't have done. But um, what I like to do is is give people a taste of their own medicine type situation. Okay. So if you're going to use my wall for your advertisement, I'm going to advertise what's actually going on. So she says, hey come to this uh, I think the event was for uh, David Banner was in town doing some talk you know like get rich quick kind of thing where it's like come listen to David Banner buy a $20 ticket he's going to tell you how he got rich maybe you can get rich like David Banner not really sure but uh, I do understand he is involved in music and stuff and so I can see why she's using my wall because she's going to use it for the traffic but uh, what I'd like to do is point out where I'll actually be at those times because this was a post that had three separate dates two of which directly conflicted with my actual shows. Uh, One of which, you know, I'm in a whole different city. So it is confusing to the, I mean, we don't have a very large fan base, but to the people who do follow us, it's a misrepresentation of what I'm doing, where I'm going to be at that date and time. So on her actual post, in the comments, I would write things like, actually... Uh, I'm not going to be here on the fifth. I'll be at this place, and then I right. put a link to the event, mm-hmm. and then I do it again and say, and on the seventh, I'll actually be here. Link to that event, and then I just start promoting all my shows, just like hey, mm-hmm. if we're talking about shows, let's talk about shows, and I've done this with a few people before. Some of them thought it was funny. Some of them, you know, were like, "Quit being such a dick. You could just tell me, you know." Right, right. Which is totally true. I should, as a somebody in this in this community, I like to think of myself as somebody that brings people together, but these stupid little jokes, you know, like I I should probably just let those be because this woman is, you know, trying to do her job and I'm ridiculing it basically. And I guess what set me off was, um, you know, as soon as I made a first comment about, uh, the fifth and then the second comment about the seventh, she immediately hits me up on the DM saying, Hey, uh, a, don't put your shows on my posts. Uh, B, who are you is one of the things that she said too. Mm-hmm. She was like, y- you have bad etiquette. That's unprofessional. You should never do. And I'm like, no, I'm just showing you. I'm doing exactly what you did to me, to you. You're spamming right. me. I'm spamming you back. I'm just showing you that's how that happened. But then when she started saying, who are you? How Do, do I even know you? You know, I was like, well, clearly you do. You tag me in this right, stuff all the right. time. And and it it kind of set me off because she was like belittling me a little bit, but it was totally warranted because I was a huge asshole to her. And um, what I should have done is just been like, "Hey, I don't appreciate uh, you spamming my wall. Here's why. Here's maybe another form of promotions that might help you better in the future." But instead, I was on my high horse. You know, getting all Kanye for the moment, talking about like, hey, you know, if you want to apologize for your transgressions, then maybe I'll teach you how to do your job, which is not how fucking professional talks. Right, right. So it was just this huge, embarrassing thing. And, and you know, for the longest part, I thought, you know what? I think this is funny, blah, 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 blah. And then I realized how, you know, offended she was getting. So I was like, all right, let me start over. So I start typing out this apology. You know what? I took it too far. I apologize. Here's what I should have done. Uh, you know, here's some advice for you too in the future to avoid this type of situation. And as I'm typing all this out, go to send it. She had already blocked me at that point. Yeah. You ever seen a uh, Black Mirror that episode where dudes get blocked? You know. Uh,
0: I I've seen a few episodes of Black Mirror. I'm not sure the specific one you're talking about.
2: Have you ever been blocked online? Yes, I have. It's frustrating.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: To say the least. And so. I got childish, snapped, took pictures of it. I'm like, oh, you don't want to say my apology? Fine, blah, blah, blah. Went into this regressive, childlike state, and I'm like, well, blah, 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 blah. I'm going to post this uh, screenshot mm-hmm. on Facebook and see what everybody else thinks about this, which is even dumber because <laughs> now you're sharing it with the world. And, you know, Had I got an app and blurred out her name or something, then yeah. it might have been all fine and dandy. But I essentially put her on blast and you know there were similar things that happened you know on her wall, but she didn't use my name. Yeah. I mean there were some things thrown around about. I think it, the point she was trying to make was pretty clear, which mm-hmm. was about me being male, white, promoter. She's not male. She's not white. She felt that had something to do with it. Right. Right. Don't believe that had anything to do with it. I got no problem with women. I got no problem with different races, genders, religions, mm-hmm. ages. Just got problems with uh, poor promoting. And instead of fixing the problem, I made it worse by doing that. So I've since made formal apologies to her uh, and her group uh, that she represents. And uh, I haven't heard back or anything like that. I don't necessarily expect to because I was a huge asshole to her. And right, I, right. I think you saw some of that post. That shit got wildly out of hand, you know. Mm-hmm. Her friends attacking our friends and vice versa. And it just turned into this whole pity match and I started it I built that fucking dumpster fire so Mm. that's it's classic 101 don't be such an egomaniac even though in this business it kind of breeds egomaniacs and don't let your emotions get the best of you and be professional and if somebody's doing something that you don't think is right talk to them reach out to them directly Mm -hmm. basically don't pull a tony (laughs) <laughs> and and I, and I am sincerely sorry yeah, about yeah. the situation. I feel bad that I put uh, Meek in that position. Uh, I feel bad about all the people that got involved just, like, being in the crossfire, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I fully expect to lose any kind of business from her end if there was any in the first right, place, right. you know. But um, you get what you deserve, you know. Mm-hmm. And I fucking pulled a shady move and... All I can do now is is apologize and and try to not do that in the future, try to keep it a little bit. <coughs> so that's really okay. all that was going on with that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, now that we got now that we got that out of the way, we can apologies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: that's That's. Uh, yeah. Okay.
2: I hope it doesn't sound like insincere. I'm just very no. very hungover. No.
0: No. You, I think you I think you come off you come across as you come across as very sincere and. I'll edit it to make you sound even better.
2: No don't do that <laughs> It's weird if you say that now.
0: well you know I mean I maybe I'll editing edit that
2: magic out. Hey, well this is gross
0: now. also also it you got you've gotta understand it as a podcaster anytime that I say I'm gonna edit something out that means it will definitely not be edited out
2: Oh uh, you know what that's like will uh, from Sounds of Bustown. He's like
0: oh, we'll let that out. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, no. I mean, it's like
2: and then you always hear it in the cool. episode.
0: It's yeah. It's probably the oldest joke in podcasting.
1: <laughs> Went a little too Kanye last night. Speaking my mind got me in a fight. is somewhat contagious. Hard to contain. Take this on the road to Burger King.
2: Is there a possibility there? I don't think the podcast goes mobile like that. Uber? Have you ever eats done jazz. a mobile podcast?
0: I actually have. I actually uh, i i did. Are you um, equipped to do one right now? No, I'm not. No, it's not, um, it's not, it's not but time. but I did. Uh, I did. Um, He's really up for driving. No, I'm not. <laughs> I I I did. Uh, used to do um, uh, when I would go to uh, gaming tournaments. I would I would record a podcast on the drive home. Nice, um, but oh, that's cool. Yeah,
1: that makes
2: sense. Yeah, All right, uh, sounds w- kind of w- dangerous, w- what's the actually. And question: Wait, you're not like yeah. driving and podcasting at some time, right? I would, <laughs>
0: uh, well, yeah, I mean, yes. <laughs> to be very, so, <laughs> uh, I just it was uh it was a much more Kendall, basic setup, just Kendall, sort of doing just uh, keeping us on track here.
1: Memo. I, if, I mean, if we're going through the interview structure that you've set up for yourself, um, you're the only one with notes. The answer to my first is gonna question is I am also a professional musician. <laughs> 10 out of 10 I would give myself and uh yeah I'm really really good at it.
0: Okay. Okay. Actually this one this one uh, applies to you as as an actor and comedian. Uh, what would you say your uh, proudest moment is? Bam.
1: Uh, oh, um gosh, I don't know. What what's your proudest
2: moment, Tony? I, I-
1: Right now,
2: is that it? My proudest moment right would now. probably be. <sighs> <sighs> you know, I would say the most pride I'd ever felt in doing this stuff was one time we made a CD with Bobby Leonard in a place called The Press. It was actually our first EP, Kids These Days. And when we were tracking it, I remember thinking we have so little time, so little money, you know, to do this stuff proper. And we had just hired our new drummer Steve Hatmaker and he was so goddamn good that he just showed up Murdered the takes and I remember Lynn called me. and was like, hey, man uh, I'm calling to check in I said, how's everything going? You know, is Steve doing all right, you know, and he's just like he's done I was like with what song he's like with all the songs And I just remember being like so overwhelmed with pride. I just started bawling my eyes out (laughs) So I guess it's more about Steve. I don't know. I'm not a big fan of myself and, and like
1: million, not, I'm not a, I mean, Steve's great as but you're not a big fan of him though.
2: I just like it's so hard Here's for me thing. to like have pride in something that I did.
0: Your stage presence uh, is very over the top. How did you how did you Develop that um That you know that And is it Is it a conscious thing Or is it just something That more, more I
2: definitely don't try To plan it at all Like okay. I, I I understand that A lot of people Do do that Like you've got Like your um, You know Your professional people Like what What is her name Amber from Mojo Flow Where she's very choreographed And is like Practicing mm-hmm. every move To be like Dynamic on stage Very theatric That
1: but, was a Charlie uh, What's his
2: face Charlie uh, Scott was in that Charlie band Scott's, Yeah Yeah now,
1: That I was back in the day he's a cop now
2: But now I don't I don't really like or when it comes to my performance, I feel like I just listen to the words and try to feel them, you know, like try to remember where mm-hmm. I was when I wrote them and then just tap in and channel that type of shit. Okay. That. And I feel like if I'm pissed off or if I'm sad or whatever, you know, I feel like it's just fuel of the fire mm-hmm. for whatever going on that day type of thing.
0: Okay. So that actually, um, brings, brings up, uh, an interesting point. Um, a lot of the people that I interview are songwriters as a songwriter they play you know they play guitar um, do you play any instruments
2: no i actually don't okay. like i mean i can i dabble a little bit on like harmonica but i know so little theory or anything like that i basically will look to Lynn, the guitarist and be like hey man and just show him like a case of harmonicas and he'll be playing and be like oh grab a g so i right, feel like right. anything i play out of that is fine
0: right right yeah that's but. i I 100% agree with you on the harmonicas. I, the first time I performed with a harmonica was the first time I played a harmonica.
2: Right, they're great for that type <laughs> of stuff, though. Because you, just, it's you
1: like, get the right key. I mean, it's, I know that you can sort definitely of like learn a thing it. you would learn on the spot.
2: It's it's, it's it as long like as you're you in the right do. key. Yeah. I think that it's kind mm-hmm. of like
1: it's a, well, it's a smooth, smooth saying, on, you know. It, certainly mm-hmm. in that respect, but it's also you know, no one's ever like here practice playing the harmonica for a situation. that sounds like, that, that sounds like a, something you would it happen like in jail. Maybe it to happen to you. And then it you definitely seems like a jail
2: situation. Cause that's the only instrument that you can sneak in. Yeah. You know? Yeah.
1: It is a,
0: Oh, well,
1: yeah,
2: eh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it definitely is a, a, a small instrument that, so it has the history of, of people who are, yeah, either hitchhikers or in, or in jail or very compact. Um, yeah. Um, so, uh, so, if you don't play an instrument, but you are involved in the writing process, how does that Absolutely. how does that work with, with uh, playing with the band?
2: For me, um, sometimes um, Lynn will have a full set out idea or one of the guys will bring a song to the table. But most of the time, it's just the band jamming. They're playing along. And I just kind of sit there and listen to it. Mm-hmm. A lot of times I'll close my eyes. And then whatever image is being painted in my head from whatever they're playing, mm-hmm. I just try to write that down basically okay. in hopes that somebody's going to see that same image that I'm seeing in my head when they hear the audio from those guys. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I definitely write all the lyrics for the band, but uh, I, I couldn't imagine attempting that solo. Like I've, right. I've been booked for solo shows, and I don't think people knew that I didn't play guitar or anything. Uh-huh. Like, I can't just get up there and sing fucking happy birthday a cappella or whatever <laughs> for 10 minutes.
0: You could, I mean, you know, you could have recordings of the, you could sing along with recordings of the band or something.
2: I've actually done it three times, which is weird that they keep booking me because... Not a solo movie's first time. I tried to beatbox with the loop station. Failed miserably. Mm-hmm. But like, oh, had like a rapey experience that night, too. That was a whole other what, thing. Why, do you, why would that be brought in? Second time was, honestly, second time was at ComFest. Mm-hmm. Like, this dude brought me up to, on a stage at ComFest to do this act that is, it's not even an act. It's, just, right. it's nothing. And I've, I met my neighbor that day. A guy named Lou, he's in a band called uh, The Ragoons. And he had moved down the street from us. And that day, I saw him at ComFest. I was down there emceeing. And uh, I was like, oh, shit, I've got this solo set in like an hour. I have no set, nothing prepared. Mm -hmm. It's at ComFest where people actually care. Right, right. And uh, so I looked at Lou, and I was like, hey, man, can you run back to my house, grab a drum, and we'll just do some shit. He's like, yeah, man, you know, a bunch of hippies out here, we'll just... Do some poetry or something, yeah, you know, like yeah. do some slam poetry. And he went and got a beret and some small glasses in my drum. And then we did that. And then the third time, I just did a monologue. I did that monologue from uh, Glorious Bastards. Mm-hmm. Uh, my name is Lieutenant Aldo Rain, and I'm putting together a special team, that whole thing.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: It's actually pretty good. I got, I got that in down, dude. I can nail that. I'll show you sometime.
0: Yeah. I, uh, oh, great. I, can I, wait. I, w- Back when I, I used to run an open mic, we had it. We had a guy that would um, come on stage and do do monologues or he would like uh, he would actually do like dramatic readings. Like you'd be just like reading a short story uh, during an open mic. It was it was interesting, you know, outside of the. Outside so of the so was it
2: like a um, music open mic or just like a talent show kind of open was, mic? So like...
0: it was an acoustic open mic. Okay. I, I mean, I mean. It, but some take, people
2: did, get, yeah. you know, yeah. some people would be like, oh, some I'm going have, did a, not have an a
1: reading instrument, right? Oh,
2: full circle. <laughs> yeah, that's you.
0: <laughs> okay. So, um, let's get, uh, let's get back a little bit, um, into promotion because unlike a lot of the people that I interview, you guys, act, you, you guys actually have people show up to your gigs. Yes. Um, how, how, what, what's your strategy with getting people to come, come see you play?
2: Uh, definitely um, you know you gotta play to your era or whatever you know mm-hmm. if, you're, if your fan base is younger you gotta rock that social media thing you know my advice for that is put your post somewhere between 11 and noon and 5 and 6 cause that's when the traffic hours mm-hmm. are for Facebook or whatever and uh, you know you would take your posts that have any kind of audio with them whether it's like a video or a song put that at the 5 o'clock one when people are leaving okay. for work and if you want to get something with a picture, you know, put that at noon. Aside from that, I think just consistency really, it's like any other business, you know, Mm -hmm. as long as you just keep delivering a quality product and something that they can take home with them, I think works the best where they go, what the hell did I just see? What happened there? And then they go home and tell somebody about it. And they're like, Mm -hmm. I gotta see what that's Mm -hmm. about. I think that's what worked with us too is, is is just kind of being ridiculous and
0: right. Well, and, and uh, you've also been doing it for a long time. I think that's, like when I was when I was trying to be a bar band thing when I you know when I was trying to do it you know I was frustrated you know because I I didn't have we didn't have a following after you know two years it's and, stressful and I mean and I mean that's the thing but like you know now I have I have I have friends and I vaguely know you you know uh you, you know, from for, who've been doing it for a decade. And, and, uh, you know, well, we're just now starting to build like that, right, you know, right.
2: like, even after doing it for all these years, like we're just now starting to get like actual fans, mm-hmm. you know, cause normally it was just like, you know, our neighbors, and our coworkers would come out and support us, mm-hmm. and, which is really cool. But I think that they would have just came and saw anything, you know, they're just yeah. being supportive. But for the first time, we're starting to be like, Oh, I don't know who this person is. Nice to meet mm-hmm. you. And they're like, Oh, I found you on Spotify or yeah, something yeah, like yeah. that, you know, and that's taken years. There were so many bands that we were in where we we're like, oh we're we're so good. How do we not have a huge crowd right now? And then looking back on it, I'm like, man, we were not good. And we were, were not, awful. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the other thing uh that I think I think back look thinking of, you know, because the band that I played in was uh we had some, you know, some there were reasons that it broke up beyond just us not having fans, but uh but like looking back, it was like we were just starting to get good when when things fell apart and so it was like, those that whole that whole time period, actually we were not, you know, we thought we were great.
2: Yeah, you know, it's, just the, not. it's the ego, man. You fucking, yeah. everybody who's in this game, well, I think if you're any kind of performer at all, you know, uh, or even like podcast stuff, you know, uh, acting, comedy, all that shit, if you do that stuff, like what I do and what you do and what he does, I think we're all kind of egomaniacs. I think our whole thing is, hey, I'm Mr. Meeseeks, look at me, and... You know, that's, that's fine. It's very presumptuous. Are you kidding me? You love attention.
1: Mm-mm. Okay. Okay.
0: So, uh, so Tony, what, uh, what formal training do you have for, for music? Very little actually.
2: Like I, uh, not that I'm knocking it in any sense. Mm-hmm. I definitely would like to I get think some more, more formal training. You. No, we have about the same exactly. Cause we were both in a choir together. Well, I took so that counts, lessons, I think. And
1: then I got a degree really? in musical theater. Yeah. So
2: get the fuck out. You took voice lessons?
1: I took voice lessons in high school, and yeah, then I got a degree in musical theater, which involves voice lessons, dancing, and a great deal of music, yes.
2: The guy who doesn't like music, <laughs> loves musical theater.
1: I fucking hate musicians.
2: Oh, that's what it is, damn it, you're right. No,
0: well, you know, Alex, to be fair, I also hate musicians. is
2: black and white.
0: Second most difficult episode to to edit. No way, you've had a you've had a more, more difficult than this.
2: Now. Can For, I ask which one was that? Okay. So
0: so the yeah, interview was, wasn't
2: difficult. The oh, editing process was difficult. Just like a uh, lot of f bombs or something. Oh, Tourette's like oh, or,
1: uh, or like.
0: No, a actually, stutter? uh, my my buddy, It was the second episode. My friend Chris. When Randy, you interviewed Steve. Uh, we were we were r- uh, recording over Skype, uh, but he couldn't get his Skype to work. So I was okay. actually recording the phone his phone call. And just the way that the, the audio, audio happened, was real funky. Yeah, I had to, oh, I had to mute. It was like I had to mute my track every time he was talking. So I had to manually go in and just every b- bits and pieces. Yeah. So so you're setting it up to be the second most difficult. Actually, this one won't be that difficult. I'll just every time I Yeah, no, talks everyone just
1: showed up and <laughs> is here. I don't understand why this is so. Yeah, that's <laughs> fine. Um,
0: Do what you uh, will. I was going to ask a question. Oh, yeah. For, so formal training. Yes. Um, so None. you, so yeah, <laughs> Very you little. You, you, yeah. Did, you did you did choir in high school, right? And, and
2: that's, a, so so that's like a church choir too, yeah, barely. Okay, yeah,
1: barely. Um, really got kicked out of it, I think.
2: Actually, I did. Did you get kicked? No, out? I didn't get kicked out. Of it. I I had to start working. You got so this was in high school, but oh, I had to like had, my dad maybe, opened a pizza you, you got shop, got so it's like of, uh, we couldn't do choir anymore at that what'd point. you
1: Get kicked out of uh, plays Cinderella,
2: are what I got kicked Cinderella, out of. Yeah, I get kicked out of a ton of plays.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I do remember you. You doing a lot of a lot in, in th- of theater in in high school. Uh, I miss it.
1: Do you do you feel like a you fan of your work? <laughs> do you feel,
0: do you apply do you um, do you apply said. some of the same things when you're on Absolutely. stage as a
2: musician? Absolutely, you're like that's from like Robin my favorite Renneman. part of that. Actually, is is being theatrical. You know, mm-hmm. or theatrical is that the word? Theatrical being
1: theatrical, theatrical is yeah.
2: Like I don't yeah, want I don't right, want to just sure. see a show and then just get audio from it. Like if that's what I wanted, I would just listen to the album or whatever. I want to go to a show and see some people light something on fire or do something crazy, you know. I just I just love the theater, I guess. And I was going to try to get uh under the big screen and then I was just not good enough and I was like, I'll just cheat my way into this music thing. Now. Right, right, right. Okay. So yeah.
0: So, um, so you did say you did say that you think you would you you, you don't have a problem with formal training?
2: No, um, I, I wish I had more. Honestly, okay. I wish I knew a little more theory because that would help me speak to you know people mm-hmm. in the industry better. I wish I had some vocal lessons, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Can always get better. There's always room for improvement. I feel like. Uh, the People who want to be all like soul surfer about it or whatever, like, nah, man, I'm just raw of talent. I think that's kind okay. of dumb. <laughs> you should just get better, practice. Yeah, I do. With a professional,
1: I, I've <laughs> learned that too. I agree with that about a uh, musician. I think that's kind of about anything, though. Yeah,
2: people just are like, like are work like, your you know, trade. I was
1: good at this just to start out with, and then
2: but I didn't want to get any better. I mean, like, I
1: didn't exactly. It's kind of a cop out. You're just but holding you yourself back at that point. Yeah, I didn't yeah. want to get any better. I didn't want to put in that work. Mm-hmm. And so that's being really good at something initially is, it's like a Justin Bieber syndrome or something like that, where it's like, I think you have, uh, you know, such a, uh, an overly, uh, executed, uh, confidence, um, that then, uh, projects like, uh, weaknesses, uh, our incapabilities like ladder on down the path. It's like, like Icarus.
2: Mm-hmm. Too so too um,
1: close.
0: So, uh, a- Alex, um, you said you have a degree in musical theater. Um, do you, uh, when, did you ever, did you ever run into, cause I think that there is something to the, the people that, that learn that, learn the, learn the craft, like learn the rules and, and some of that magic is lost. Did you ever run into that when you were when you were studying? In that uh, setting? Like the
1: magic being lost,
0: oh, or like like just just. Uh, I mean, it's. I don't have the vocabulary for to apply it for 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 theater, but like. Um, well, okay. So what you're the saying rules. is that
1: the, the, the when you learn the structure of something, that it kind of dissipates the amount of imagination you're right uh, right put kind forward. of like or, like
2: breaking the fourth wall type of thing. Well,
1: no, no, that's very no. But um, yeah, what you I think what you're saying is that when you learn uh, what a strict structure and adherence. Um, my degree, by the way, is not in musical theater; it's in theater sorry. or the, sorry, sorry theater. theater. But still, no, I no, mean, no, but, but I did It's go to a school for musical, you know.
0: Right, right, right. It's, it's, it's uh, a it's a uh, not very successfully by still the way. still 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 applies
1: though like like right.
0: if you learn the if you learn the the. What what you're
1: saying, what you're asking is is did the did my initial like fascination with uh, the art form of theater dissipate when I learned what uh, a a structured and like uh, like harshly scheduled um, regiment goes into pulling off something that is seemingly so spectacular and imaginative? Yes, for sure. That all goes away. Mm-hmm. That's why I left, went to New York to do stand up. Okay. So it was all bullshit. But, I mean, if you can stick with it, if you really love that, then fucking, then the people, the fucking people that are really good at that, you can tell they really love doing it. And even, quite frankly, the people that are shitty at it. Um, really love doing it because, like, like as, as, as painstaking as it might be to sit through someone's, like, whatever shitty, like, 15-minute monologue, you're sitting here watching, like, I can't believe I'm here watching this fucking guy, like, doing this thing. Oh, my God, this is taking forever. That guy's life is so much shittier because mm-hmm. he's the one that had to do that monologue. Like, he doesn't even... He's the only guy that gets to go to the bar later and doesn't get to bitch about how shitty that monologue he watched was because he okay. didn't watch it; he performed it. Okay, bullet um, to the brain, sort of thing. Question seven. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, I'm,
0: I'm, scan- I'm scanning through here. can I, there's... can I
1: read them? Can I ask you a couple of these questions? <sighs> sure, sure, you can. All right, well, 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 uh, well, you pick out two
0: questions and I'll answer them.
1: All right, um.
2: Way to keep it to two. He would have just ran with that.
1: (laughs) My first question is Who writes the songs for Zoo Trippin'? (laughs) That's written down here. Yes, it is, actually. Um, So who does that? Well, apparently it's. Welcome (laughs) to podcasting with Alex Thomas, everybody. So we're in my weird comic book basement, and I've got a lot of instruments and quite a weird haircut. I kind of look like one of the three musketeers, but also <laughs> you're potentially going to get murdered here in just a minute. You don't know, worry. Those amps. Okay. okay I'm sorry.
0: I take, I take offense. Cause I specifically tried to make this basement look less murderous. You today.
1: do. Okay. Well, that's a weird thing to have to stipulate. Okay. <laughs> you're not winning on that. I don't one, feel though. like I'm getting I murdered. I specifically tried I to dress like less that rapey When, today, when, so when I, I woke up, seriously. I felt
2: like we were already dead. <laughs>
1: Well, Alex here's is just, the other one I'll ask you, Alex is and just this in a is a the tiff. biggest fuck up. Like, like I think on that. So I'll ask you this, <laughs> and and answer this to me honestly, okay. and try to do it with a straight face. What are your goals creatively? What are What are my goals creatively? Um, your, your only proper response to that should be "fuck you" for asking. Who the fuck are you to ask? What are my goals creatively? You're creating. You're doing it right now. You're achieving one of them.
0: I well, yeah, yes, that is that is true. I, I I wanted to do I wanted to make a podcast that my parents could listen to. So I've obviously, Sorry. I've obviously <laughs> achieved that. Um, Hell yeah, you know, I I do have a number of podcasts that I'm that I'm working on developing, and and uh, then as cool. far as and then as far as musically, uh, I. Like you,
1: I hate musicians, so
0: I I do. Um, now,
1: what do you mean when you say that? Because that's a really controversial thing for you to say. I mean, it's your podcast.
2: But <laughs> also, you have a ton of like guitars in here.
1: Yeah, it seems <laughs> like you're a bit of a self-hating musician, which as yeah. a Jew, well,
2: that kind of makes sense though. Most most, mu- <laughs> most musicians, I think, kind of. I just,
1: themselves. I just, yeah, I
0: I know they love themselves a little bit more. I came to a, I came to a point with with my music where I realized that I'm very difficult to work with, and and. And my my ego clashes with uh, other musicians a lot. And so I just sort of
1: that's what you experience about
0: I, for a long. I, I took me, for example, it took me so long to find a drummer that I could work with. And I realized one day that it would be just easier for me to teach myself to play the drums. And then
1: and so I. You oh, OK, know, so teach I record the a, teach drums. Teach a man to fish, you know, sort of thing. So something, something like that. That you don't I have Wish
2: to I could them do them, that, like, man. You know, I cannot teach myself instruments.
1: <laughs> <trust>
2: that's <laughs> such a hard time with them.
1: they are all insane, all of them. I feel like that's musicians are. Well, they're uh, drummers. I think are the most versatile of the musician group. You know what I mean?
2: They're definitely. I would assume He's, the most conditioned.
1: Uh, okay, so what, by versatile, <laughs> I don't mean that they aren't. Um, like for instance, like Steve Hatmaker, I think, is the best drummer in Columbus and he is phenomenal. Um, but also he's like a dude who's versatile in a sense where it's like he could drum for like six different bands.
2: Yeah, he yeah, actually you know I mean? he's in like I, two or three different. Have, he's got a side project like, that's metal. and
1: the aesthetic of just pure rhythm, I think, becomes a little bit more conducive to um, at least branching out your work portfolio not necessarily, you know... And I mean, drums are hard. I Well, actually,
0: they're easy, but they seem hard, because you have to...
2: I'm actually feeling substantially less on oh, over God. now. Like, this big-ass cup this of water. This one's is...
1: just a depressing question that's really kind of more...
0: Oh, that's probably... Why don't you ask Tony? I know the question you're talking about. Wow. Let, me Why don't you ask... Let me hear it. Let me hear No,
1: it's that depressing? Yes, so yes. Doing... Hell yeah. It a, seems a bit laborious, almost, and a <laughs> little bit overly self-deprecating. Let's hear it. So the question <laughs> is... It's not really even a question. Just, just read it. This is what's written down. We aren't as young as we once were. No. Nope. How do you feel dealing with the long late nights involved in playing live?
2: Let me tell you exactly how I feel about it. Oh, yeah. I, it, me, feel, I feel like after, you know, the long late night last night where we, we drank Two bottles of Jameson. You didn't play
1: live. You didn't do any music yesterday. I did
2: some booking and stuff. Then we cooked. You didn't play. And then, you know, before, I could do this type shit all the time where we just Mm -hmm. get drunk, party and shit. But then it's difficult. Like, I'm having a difficult time right now. Mm You know, I'm going to be 30 here soon, and I'm just like, oh, my God.
1: Is is that what the whole day has been about, is the fact that you're going to be 30 soon? That's what this whole podcast is about, Yeah,
2: the fact that we're going to be 30 soon. This is what's cracking me, and my body cannot hang anymore. Now it takes me days to recuperate, you know, like, Mm -hmm. oh, God. Even after shows, I used to just have a show, and then that would be the only show that month or whatever. Now I just have to wake up, do it again, and I'm like.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, Care that's set. that's just because um, that's that's yeah. That's really, it's it's something that I. I mean, I'm also older. I tried to start a band you're about my age, right? You're yeah, you're yeah, older
1: than me, right?
0: I'm. Twi- I mean, I'm 29. I'm almost 30. Yeah, yeah 29. I'm, t- I'm
1: 27.
2: Yeah, no, you're not. I thought you're 28. I'm
0: 27.
2: Oh. how did but, your body held up though? Like, do you feel like?
0: I mean, you guys I, both look great. I have. I have not. <laughs> I have not played live in a in a long time. I mean I played I went to one open mic a year ago. I tried to start a pop punk cover band with a with this with this kid uh, a little little less than a year ago. And it was like just going to practice on Tuesday nights was a Difficult. was a struggle.
2: But the um, younger kid though, was he spry? Like yeah, was he yeah, just yeah. like let's do this every day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's
1: super spry and then yeah flaky.
0: Um well, he wasn't flaky. Actually, it would have been if if I was if I wasn't so got to, yeah, old, it would have been. Better. It would have been a good it would have been a good fit, um but yeah. Um that's why that's are why you I, or Are you married? Yes, I am married.
2: Yes, you know why? Why? No, no, no! Scarlet graded, which is also equally terrible. Yeah. But
0: yeah, that was that was one of the places that uh, my wife. I think my wife and I had our second date there. We went and saw we went and saw a band there. I don't even remember what the name of the band was. Oh, it
2: was like the home away from home for us, oh, yes. man. We loved that joint.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I did the I played oh, some terrible band called Zoo Trip. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm. It probably wasn't. You guys and probably it were. Just it could have
2: been pirates back
0: trip. then. Yeah, actually. it would have been pirates because because I'm sure that I'm sure that uh, yeah, because we played a couple of shows with you
2: guys. Why well, am? And
1: then it turned into a zoo trip and That was the other
2: cool. thing too about that place is like they let us show up as kids and be like, you know what, go ahead, have your fun. You know, like there's not a lot of venues in town that'll really let you do that. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll they'll look at you and yeah, go. I don't think I want to give this a try, but Scarlet and Gray was one of those places. They, did
1: they just – were you paid ever? Or was there like a tab that you
2: – No, man. We never made money. Like we – sometimes we would get like free beer or whatever, you know. We're just now starting it in the realm when, of like making money.
0: Yeah. When when I played at Scarlet really? and Gray, it was you had to get 15 people to show up and say that they were there for you, and then you got a cut of the door.
2: See, yeah. It's so weird. It's like – yeah. I feel like if you can if you could do a thing and you're providing a product, Mm. you know, it's like any other job, but music is so uh, undervalued. Well it's free, you know. Mm -hmm. So
1: and what a stupid thing to get a cut of the door. You see the door man at most places. I'm like, yeah, I trust that guy with like my proper
2: Fuck that. Man. I've always been kind of suspicious about that myself. You, I like how, I like, Scully's has a doorman. person working a clicker. I you know what I mean? So you can I, actually look at the numbers at the end of the day when you sign the receipt. It's like, oh, well, you had, you know, 185 through the door, paid this much, paid that much. It's all in a spreadsheet and shit.
1: But how easy is it for you to go, like, yeah, boom, boom, boom? I mean, it's
2: all cash. They don't
1: have, unless they, do they do those little tablets now? Because that would make doormen, that would really give them the much-needed ego check.
2: Like, Hold them accountable, kind of thing.
1: Yeah, no, be like, hey, you know what? you have door man here with a tablet?
2: I've totally like, been a door guy that? too.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I've I mean, worked well, the door at many shows. Yeah, I mean, i have we, never done. That. We had shows.
0: We had shows that we were, that we provided our own door guy.
2: That's a good um, move, actually.
0: Because uh, you can trust
2: your guy. To but go, yeah,
0: but, <laughs> like scar. Also, at Scarlet and Gray, the guy that was working the door inevitably was somebody that I knew. Scar- uh, <laughs> Scarlet and Gray closing is just is like one of a number of local businesses that have closed over the last few years that were. Places where my wife and I went to our first date. Did uh,
2: was Bernie's one of them?
0: No. What's another
2: one? What's another? Uh,
0: so, so one? our first date was at the Caribou Coffee on Lane Avenue.
2: Wait, is that not open anymore? Oh,
0: it is Carowag is, Coffee now. It no, is no, that's a different thing. Something you, else. Here, it is something. Uh, no, you can't no. smoke down here. So
2: that's not. A, it's just a different coffee shop now. Yeah, right? it's a different like, coffee okay.
0: shop. It's actually two coffee shops later. Okay. Um, and then uh, there's a pizza place. Caribou Coffee, like called, in the
1: mall, right?
2: No, dude. What was the pizza place? The
0: pizza place was called Mama Lea's uh, in uh, Latimer Square. Um, it is now and it, it is now Pack Rat Comics. It is now Pack Rat Comics has, has expanded Dope. into that area.
1: The, I, I, I used to work for that place when I was like 14 for under the I swear to God, Oh, my God. Yeah, in Hilliard, right there, right by where the dance studio that's right yeah. over there that Stacey yeah. owns. Yeah.
2: Ah, Hilliard. The inflatable city.
1: And, uh... I can't remember. I, there, there were like, there's like, thr-
0: Graffiti Burger was another place that we went. That-
2: graffiti Burger, I do remember them closing. I do. I feel there, like that place I goes through a ton of it? different things. Is That things, place so. like right
1: next to Magnolia Thunder? or something. No, I'm
2: thinking of that burger joint. Well, I, well, is Graffiti Burger like a chain or is it, it is a, it is a chain? Okay, but
1: they're all right. closed it now. Is. All of them. I think at least the ones in Columbus. There were you two know, or three of them.
2: City, <laughs> city <laughs> too much graffiti, not enough burgers, man. Yeah.
1: I really want Tommy's Pizza.
2: No, let's get burgers. Yeah, you're right,
1: but. So I think, um, can you give me one more question of that? Can I, I, I will give you one. I will let you, I will let you close out the
0: interview. Let's, let's Thank give, you. um,
1: let's
2: see. Kendall. I feel like I'm going to start learning my own blade drums now.
0: Okay. So, uh, so Alex, where's the name zoo tripping come from?
1: <laughs> well, they were originally called zoo trip. Um, and then they, uh, Slowly, kind of cognated it into zoo tripping, but goats in the back.
2: He was totally right about the re- name change too. We did rebrand.
1: I was yeah, you did. Why? Why was that?
2: Uh, you know, looking up zoo tripping is or looking up zoo trip on the internet is like looking up porn. porn.
1: Right, right.
2: It's just endless. <laughs> Because right,
1: everyone's right. having sex with the animals, right? Yeah, I would imagine that's exactly what. Zoo well, drip, the the videos are Zoo all drip, like field
2: day type stuff. You know, there's never like any kind of music. I mean, once we rebranded, it was almost immediate because you've got like the weird well, little apostrophe.
1: Zoot does have it has a there's a little there's a healthy little colloquialism in there. Uh, it's kind of a joke. Do you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. kind it is kind of a joke to it. I don't. I agree with it, though. I think Zoo Trip was better.
0: Well, it's like I mean, it's like what they said on The Simpsons: you want your band name to be something that's kind of funny at first, and then slowly gets less funny as time goes on.
2: That's actually a really great way. to put
1: it. Probably, just did it, man. That's a really great way to describe our relationship. It's,
2: oh yeah, it's, it's toxic.
1: Someone who gets less funny as time goes on. God,
2: you should have seen it this morning. It's fucking unbearable. He was
1: so lethargic. It seemed. Um, it seemed uh, unforgiving. There wasn't
2: enough gas in the world this blue in the face and i'm like oh my god i want to shut my head in the fridge (laughs) i'm sorry it's all right thanks for making steak though
1: yeah thank you for finally saying
2: thanks for letting us like do this this has actually been very fun normally these podcasts are kind of just like standard questions regular like i'm working on one now where they let me like guest host which is by the way a lot Uh of fun being on the other side of this like yeah as you had just now was that Mm -hmm. fun Ask some questions. No, I didn't enjoy that. Well, <laughs> that was—I
1: Kendall was very physically aggressive.
2: <laughs> I saw that. I noticed he that he was
1: very handsy throughout a lot of this, and has been lathering. This has been
2: a general malaise. violent situation.
1: A lot of this has been nude, and people don't. Get are we not supposed to be nude right now? Because it's a. Pod.
2: I thought that this yeah, was how it was. Weird. Well, yeah.
1: This this is, is, I mean, look. To s- be fair, most of the
0: time when you listen to the podcast, they are not wearing pants.
2: I think that that's true. I think that that's actually not a joke. I think it, that that's true.
1: It yeah, especially the ones that record I, over I bet, Skype. I will put it at like fifteen percent because that's Because fun- it'd be funny. You it's it's, go it's go almost to this, inconvenient you know? to not wear pants.
2: I would do it if I had if you're a setup like, doing like that. Doing something and you like if can't you were Ron Burgundy, you telling me that if you had that news to desk, really, I, get up and go get I wouldn't the be, be having the pants See, on. You were giving me shit about not wearing pants earlier.
1: I wouldn't. I wouldn't be upset. I would just with the whole Italian boxers thing. It seems more inconvenient to not wear pants, to be like, all right, well now, because then you have to put on pants for whatever you're doing.
2: And you have to hold all your stuff in your hands, because you don't have pockets. You don't have
1: book. pockets. I mean, you're shit out of luck, Jack.
2: You're up a freak without a river. What the hell
1: are you doing not putting on pants in the first place? That's the lesson I'll let you learn from it's, this.
2: Uh, well, I'm learning.
0: So, I when I when I play the when I when I start the podcast I always edit something in at the beginning that's out mm-hmm. of context. I, I think that's probably what's going to be in the beginning. What that's, are you doing? That's great, actually. What are you doing? <laughs> not wearing pants in the first place.
2: What are do you doing? That's such a good teaser. Yeah. By the way, we listened to, to uh, Joe H's episode, and oh yeah, like we were listening okay, to the yeah, uh, yeah, the yeah. poetry was actually in the beginning. We were like, because we're not huge fans of poetry, wow. but we are fans of Joe. Obviously, well, he, I mean, ha- he we hang he out, a good great grand. dude.
1: No, that poem he read was it pretty got pretty great. fucking heavy. <laughs> I really really, <laughs> really touching liked yourself. His or what did he say? Reach down your pants. His personal opinions about like newfound glory and shit. I was like, all right, this, yeah, I'm but- over this. But to reach poet, down your pants solid, and love yourself he's tonight. He's a good writer and and performed it. You know, it was
2: animated. You could hear it. Yeah. In a, in I mean, I got goosebumps was, thinking about it.
1: Yeah, you know, <laughs> like,
2: what was that must have was was like, been weird like sitting like across from him, watching him do like that. that. Like, like was it's was such repeated. an animated thing.
1: So what was he? What was he repeating? He repeated something like four times, and it sounded like he was like, "It's." I pictured him alone in that movie theater you guys used to work together at.
2: Back in movie time, yeah, yeah.
1: I, he, he had, so I forget what the repeat just, line heard, was. Just echoing, it was. Whatever
2: just... it was, it was fire. He was
1: really very talented about that.
0: Yeah, but he re- right. he recorded uh, four poems that night. Actually, there's so there's, Damn. there's a couple. There's one or two of them that I didn't use for the for the thing. Um, yeah, because like, he didn't have
2: unreleased stuff or whatever. Right. Yeah. Save it for later.
0: Because he didn't have. Well, he didn't have like a good a good quality recording. The way that you know normally I have musicians right. on and I I play a little clip of their music. Um, so so yeah we had him actually that's come, cool that come you provided with him night. with
2: that actually because yeah. normally that would you know some people would probably charge for that type of shit like you want to come down and lay down a track or whatever I don't know what you call it poetry, but Thank you so much for
0: listening. Please subscribe to the KendallCast feed on iTunes or the podcatcher of your choice. You can find everything I do, as well as links to my guest work, at kendallcast.ninja. Thanks again.